Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a sustained weight loss and self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are now certified integrative nutrition health coaches, and together with our community, we are learning to live our best lives by telling one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Today on the podcast, we have founder and CEO of the Studio MDR, Lisa Hirsch-Solomon. Lisa shares her story about transitioning from the music business to being an entrepreneur in the fitness industry. With her, we discuss a career transition that did not stem from burnout, her deep desire to empower women, the importance of kindness in business, fitness inclusivity, and what it takes to start a business. She also shares great advice that any aspiring entrepreneur should hear. What touched us most about Lisa is the deep care she feels for her staff and her clients. And she also showed us that emotion can be a superpower in business as opposed to a weakness. On this episode, we also learn about the Legree method and how it benefits both the mind and the body. We hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. Happy listening. This episode is brought to you by Beekeepers Naturals. If you listen to our episode with founder Carly Stein, then you already know how powerful Beekeepers Naturals products are. Beekeepers Naturals is a wellness company specializing in innovative nutraceuticals made from healing hive compounds and plant-based ingredients. Their mission is to improve people's health naturally and save the bees. Allie and I are absolutely obsessed with these products and have been using them consistently since December when Carly was on the podcast. So Allie, what is your favorite Beekeepers Naturals product? I love the Propolis Throat Spray. I've used it consistently through the year and it's been my immune system's secret weapon, which makes sense since Propolis is basically the immune system of the beehive and has germ-fighting properties. What about you? I love the Propolis too, especially as somebody who always had strep throat and throat infections. It has seriously changed my entire life. <laughs> but with that said, my favorite product is the Bee Chill Hemp Honey. Bee Chill Hemp Honey delivers a powerful 28 milligrams of hemp oil per teaspoon so that you can find your bliss. Made with USA grown hemp, it is non-psychoactive and contains 0% THC. I sleep like a baby when I take it before bed and it seriously takes the edge off of my whole day. It also hits the spot when I'm craving something sweet after dinner, which is just an added bonus. If you want to try the Propolis or the Beechel Hemp Honey or any of the other amazing products, you can receive 15% off your Beekeepers Naturals order by using the code COURAGEOUSWELLNESS, all one word, at checkout. Or visit beekeepersnaturals.com slash courageouswellness. And you can also find the direct link in our show notes. We have an exciting new discount for our listeners with Four Sigmatics. 
Four Sigmatic offers superfood coffee and elixirs to upgrade your daily routine. The powerful antioxidants, antiviral effects, and immune-boosting properties of mushrooms transform your cup of joe from an energy-boosting treat to a health-enhancing choice. Along with mushroom coffee, Four Sigmatic also offers mushroom elixirs, mushroom hot cocos, and other shroom-filled products. Erica uses the lion's mane in her morning superfood coffee, and even though I hate mushrooms, I absolutely love the products, especially the matcha latte powder, which contains myataki mushrooms and adaptogens. For 10% off Four Sigmatic products, visit foursigmatic.com and use the code COURAGEOUS at checkout, and there's also a direct link in our show notes. Okay, welcome, Lisa. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. To start out, can you tell us a little bit about your personal journey and how that has transitioned you into a life of fitness and wellness? Absolutely. So many, many years ago, uh, my mom used to have yoga classes in our apartment. So when I was a little girl, I used to kind of join in and try to do downward dog and different poses with her. But I was, I mean, very, very, very young. Um, And then from there, when I was, I mean, I guess in high school, you know, I think it was the Stairmaster and things like that. I mean, I always was that type that would go to the gym or try out, I mean, every single class that you can imagine. I was always attracted to fitness and working out. I grew up horseback riding, um, ice skating, you name it, I loved it. Um, but I wasn't a great athlete, I will say that. Um, but I was very active. And I used working out, I, had, I was in the music industry, and I had used working out always as a stress release. So no matter what, no matter how late I was out, um, I would get up at six o'clock in the morning and go to the gym prior to work. So it, was an, like, it wasn't negotiable. And from there, I um, was, that was in New York, and my job moved me to LA, and I was introduced to what's called the Ligree Method, and I fell in love with the workout. Um, at first, actually at first, I didn't love the workout, <laughs> but, um, but then it grew on me, and it had changed my body, mm-hmm. and this workout, the Legree method, had changed my body so much that the teacher who I, who I was practicing with three times a week, um, I asked him, how, how could I open one of these studios? And kept thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, I'm in an, I'm in an industry that is exhausting. At the time, I was a talent booker. Um, and I just thought, you know, this is something that I'm doing three times a week. It's definitely changing my body. There's so many people who are doing it along with me. You can't even get into classes. And, you know, maybe I can do this Mm -hmm. and do it in the way that would make, you know, other people happy. Um, And there wasn't a front desk at the studio that I was at. And I really want to make sure that people are taken care of because that's what I've always done in in the previous industry that I was in. Um, so one thing led to another. I met this man, Sebastian Legree, um, whose method I was practicing. And a year later, I opened my first one. Wow. That's an incredible, incredible journey. Uh, with 
you're so you're working in the music industry, I which was. is so different, right, from from the fitness world. Did you want to make a change? Was it was it around the time that you wanted to make a change in your life? So I, I mean, when I was in the music industry, and so that was I graduated college. Um, it was it's actually a great story how I started. Um, I was at the beach one day in Fire Island, and <laughs> it's Love it. it's yeah, it's awesome. And this girl was playing, um, kind of hitting a volleyball with her boyfriend, and somehow she struck up a conversation with me and she's like, what do you want to do? And I had never said it before, but I went to school in New Orleans. I loved music and I thought I was going to be a doctor, but I hadn't finished taking the courses for the MCAT. I was dragging my feet. I wasn't great with, you know, taking tests. And I knew that I wanted to somehow take care of people, but my hand shook too much. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. So um, she, I said to her, you know, I kind of think I want to get into the music industry. And she's like, oh, well, I just got a promotion at RCA. Wow. You should come in for an interview for my job. And I went in on Tuesday and started Thursday at RCA. And that was in production. And I started in production there, which was when they were making CDs. Mm-hmm. And um, so you can tell how old I am. And, um, and then I also worked in publicity as well. Wow. So I was super, super lucky. And I just loved, I had such an incredible career mm-hmm. because I started at RCA. I learned the ins and outs of production. I learned from this woman, Marilyn Lipsius, who since passed away. Um, I worked with her while she was uh, suffering from cancer. And I started to learn publicity. And then I went over and I got a phenomenal job at Universal Records. Mm. And that's basically where I grew up in the industry. And I started there as, um, I worked in radio promotion and video promotion. And then I started artist relations at Universal Records. Mm. And that was all in New York. And my career just kind of just grew from there. And I loved it. I loved working with artists. I loved meeting new people. I loved taking care of artists. And artist relations is basically you're an in-house manager. So you do everything for the artist. And you walk a fine line, um, you know, between your, you know, the record company is paying you, but, you know, you're also representing an artist. So you can only imagine. It's Mm -hmm. like you're traveling a lot. You're taking care of the artist, but you still are representing the record company. And it was, I mean, it was a phenomenal time. Um, Universal moved me from New York to L.A. my first time, which I loved. I also got to see a lot of the world, which I wouldn't have otherwise. Um, So I felt really, really lucky and blessed. Um, Then I left Universal Records when I was living in L.A. and got a great job at Virgin Records. Mm So I thought, um, I didn't know that Virgin was going to, they were going through many, many changes. So it was definitely um, a crazy time, but it was a great learning experience. Virgin ended up moving me back to New York. Um, I worked in marketing there and it was an insane, insane time. Um, I, I had incredible artists. I worked with Pharrell and Courtney Love and people like that. Um, 
very, very interesting, crazy, amazing artists. Mm. Um, and I loved it. I loved it. I wouldn't have changed anything in the world. Um, I wouldn't have changed it for anything in the world. Um, and I look back and all I can do is smile mm. um, because I've had, A, I have the best stories ever, which <laughs> I couldn't say out loud. But, um, I'm sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's magical. Yeah. Um, but it was also stressful because, yeah. you know, you are, I, I mean, I was always a worker and I feel like you're either a worker or you're not. And I got in before my bosses, I left after them, you know, then you go to shows and things like that. So you're always, always, you know, I mean, I don't need much sleep, I still don't. And that's how I think I always was. And I just, I, I love people and I love working with people no matter how difficult they are. I think that's also the challenge is, you know, getting people to do whatever it is that you think is good for their career, or, and they might not think it is. Um, but it was always like for the best, I yeah. think. Um, and it was so much fun, even though there are days that I was like, this is the worst thing ever, but yeah, it was also the best thing ever. Yeah. Cause how bad can it be when you're, you know, you're listening to people you know, music is just something so universal and special. It is. It's the universal language. Yeah, it is. It totally is. Um, after that, I went to work at Sirius Satellite Radio, which for me was, it was such a dream job because it taught me, so, I mean, it taught me about NASCAR. <laughs> I mean, it was awesome. And comedy and things that I would have never known about. Um, I mean, I almost got killed at a NASCAR race because, you know, I was... I didn't know where to walk. I didn't know where to go. I mean, but it was, I mean, it was so much fun. Yeah. Um, and I just learned so many things about, I learned about country music, which I actually love. My dog's name is Willie Nelson. I love country music too. I mean, it's like my guiltiest, not guilty anymore, but it's definitely a pleasure. <laughs> but it's, it's amazing because first of all, those artists are the best artists to deal with hands down. So polite, always, you know, always on time, if not early. Yeah. And it was just, I, if I didn't work at Sirius, I wouldn't have known, yeah. you know, that world. Mm -hmm. um, and I worked there for a while. Then I got a job in LA um, and booking the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, mm -hmm. which was awesome. And, but still, the stress that came out of- Of course, yeah. Working for other people and, you know, even though it was to, you know, it was a, it was a dream job, I think for many, it's exhausting when you have to deliver and there are times when you can't. Yeah. So I think that working out, bringing it back around, I think that, you know, working out was definitely my stress release mm -hmm. and it all, it still is, I think. Um, I know, but I, I, really realized that when I, it wasn't that I was unhappy in any way, it was just that I've had enough. Yeah. yeah. And it was time to leave the party yeah. in the best way possible. That's interesting, you know, cause we hear so many stories of like burnout and then I had to make a change. But I also love hearing this story where you're like, I loved that work. Yes, the lifestyle was stressful. Mm -hmm. Yes, there were aspects of that. But like, I loved it. I also just knew that like, 
maybe the time with it had come to an end. And it doesn't have to be this, you know, deep burnout, which like a lot of people do go through, but um, that you had the sort of wisdom to listen to that part of yourself. And I think that's like a, you know, going from being someone else's employee to then going to being an entrepreneur and opening up your own business. Can you talk to us like that's a big shift in mindset and in lifestyle. Can you talk to us a little bit about like how did you have the confidence and like just the the guts to go ahead and say like I'm going to do this now. I still don't know how I did it. (laughs) (laughs) It's the scariest thing. I, I, I mean it's it's scary every day but you know I think that I think anyone can do. I really do because if you put your mind to it, you can do anything. And I truly, truly believe it because if I could do it, <laughs> anyone can do it. Because I don't have a business background. Mm. Um, but, I mean, it's funny because my brother and I were laughing the other day saying how we used to sell, you know, my mom's necklaces and things. <laughs> like, you know, outside of our building, our old building. And she used to be like, where's this? And we were like, <laughs> don't know, you know. Yeah. But and my brother was like, you were an entrepreneur back then. But I just feel that I went from working for, working for someone else and I just knew that it wasn't right for me anymore. But I knew that if I believed in it enough, which I did, I, I believed in the product, which was the workout, mm-hmm. that all I had to do was kind of study and figure out what came you know what comes next and then if I built it they would come Mm. and I was good at marketing and I was good at selling so I knew that I could do it Mm. I was so scared and then of course on the first day I'm like what happens if no one shows up what happens (laughs) if no and I mean I was sick to my stomach and I was you know I couldn't sleep but I just always believe that if you really, really, really like believe in yourself and believe in other people, it's going to work out. Yeah. And it, and for the most part, I really, I think that it does. Yeah. We opened the doors for our first day with full classes. Wow. And I have to say, and it's not, it wasn't just me. I mean, it was my team and, and the clients, like we just, it took don't get me wrong, it didn't happen overnight. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a lot of hard work, but it, it's, I have incredible friends, incredible family support, and the staff that we started with, a very, very small staff, and several of them are still, I mean, still with me, which is a beautiful thing, and we just did it together. Wow. And we learn new things every day. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I think that's great like words of wisdom for anybody listening because yeah and I think your confidence is truly admirable like I I do I think the the belief you have in yourself and the belief you had in the workout that to propel you forward is really truly incredible and so just for anybody listening who isn't familiar um, can you tell us about the workout what is it what makes it different than maybe traditional Pilates right um yeah and then I can share some of my thoughts on the workout (laughs) because it's it's what it is it's amazing but it's one of the hardest in the best way it's 
yeah, we can go into that in a second, but I'm just like, I have so many thoughts on the workout and yeah. And how did it change your body too? Cause you mentioned, right. Mm-hmm. It completely changed your body. So it's not that it complete. I was so I'm not going to say I was always a thin girl because I've had my ups and downs of and, and I don't want this to be about, I don't want to make this about body dysmorphia or anything. No. Like, Cause that's not what it's about, but it definitely leans me, lean me out and toned me. Mm-hmm. Um, but this workout is torture in the best way possible, but it's, it's called the Legree method and it's not Pilates mm-hmm. though. People compare it to Pilates, um, because it is on a machine that looks like a reformer, mm-hmm. but it's called a megaformer, and it's definitely bigger than a reformer. Um, but you are working off the front and the back of a machine. So you're working with and against resistance. And it's about, in our workout, it's about 50 moves in 50 minutes set to music. And it's a full body workout. You are like using all of your, I mean, you're, it's a full body workout that's using every muscle possible. And we have different routines every day. We write, we write fresh um, for the following day. And so you will get some of the you know, same moves like planks, lots of planks, pikes, um, lunges. <laughs> but the routines are different every day. Yeah. So you don't get, you can't acclimate to this workout. Mm. It's, and it's hard. Yeah. But I think truly, I mean, I have people who are, I have 18, you know, 17 year old, 18 year olds. We have had younger, but I try to, you know, stay away yeah. from that to 70 plus year olds mm. and everyone in between. And I feel that there's little to no impact on the joints. So you're not like slamming your body. Yeah. And I think it's a good compliment to so many other workouts out there. So I don't say, oh my God, you only have to do our workout. I want you to go, I think you should come to us three times a week and then go spinning or, you know, go to whatever it is that you like to do. But it's, I've just seen so many incredible changes in people, whether it's in their mind or in their body. But it's phenomenal to see the amount of people in the past, it's almost nine years, January 3rd. And that's what keeps me going because it works. Yeah. Yeah. It is a truly, truly incredible workout. And it is one of the hardest workouts I've ever personally done. And, um, yeah, and it never gets easier, but I will say like, when I take this class, I feel so strong, like mentally, physically strong. And I also love that. Yeah. It's not about body shape or any of that because, everybody is welcome here. And, you know, I'm not a size zero and there's many people in this class who are not a size zero, but they're fit and they're healthy. And I, I feel it changing my body when I do it consistently in such a different way than any other workout. But that mental game of pushing yourself to do something that is so hard, there's nothing like, (laughs) and then doing it. And after 50 minutes, there's no feeling like that in in the brain. Yeah, I remember Erica had started it before I had taken a class. She had gone a couple times and she kept saying, you have to come, but like 
in a way that was scary to me. <laughs> I was like, you're not really making a case for this. She kept going and, but she was like, but it's, it's just like the hardest thing you'll ever do. And then I was like, okay. And then I was like really <laughs> nervous to come, but I have to say, because what you were saying, because there are so many moves, it also, not only can your body not acclimate to it, which is, I guess, great from class, one class to the next, but it keeps your mind really active. So you're not like, oh, when is this done? There's no dread involved because you're just constantly thinking about like, what am I moving into next? And I do have to say, I was sore, but you feel in a good way. Like it was really incredible. And, and you do challenge yourself and push yourself in ways, but it didn't, no one was like screaming at you. It's, it felt supportive and to help push you to push yourself, not in like, um, trying everybody trying to do the same thing right because I was not at the same level as some people who were in their 60s in the class you know they were like insanely good and I was the new girl I think that's you know that's what I that's one of the reasons I think why I opened the studio I wanted to create a space where people could walk in anyone can walk in and not feel intimidated and it's a very important thing for me because I want to be able to work out and and feel comfortable. I I want I want to go to places where I can walk in and not feel judged in any way. Um, and it's important to build a community like that, and where where people don't feel like they need to work out in order to come here, mm-hmm. because this is a difficult workout. But they should feel where they can walk in. And it's going to take five to ten times before you feel like a fish out before you don't feel like a fish out of water. And know that the teacher is gonna help you through. And if you have to stop, you stop. I mean, I still stop, but that's okay. And that's what I want everyone to feel, that whatever it is you wanna get out of coming here, it's okay, like it's not, you don't have to compare yourself to anyone else. Yeah. And speaking of community, something that you do here in your studios, at least we've been to one in your Culver location, um, are community sort of wellness events, for lack of a better word. We came to the one on sexual health, Mm -hmm. um, which was a great conversation. And um, can you speak to that and, and why that's important to you and why you choose to host those? So we have been doing a lot of events lately, and we're going to continue to do so because I think it's very, very important that that people feel included, especially women. I want I want I want to do business with everyone, you know, as long as it you know, feels right yeah. and say, and I want people to be able to come in and learn, um, you know, learn new things. And I want to be the place where people feel safe, feel included, and can ask questions. And, you know, because a lot of people don't have places to go yeah. to. So that's very, very important to me. Um, a lot of, you know, especially young women, mm-hmm don't know where to go to ask questions about their bodies or, or you know, mental health. Yeah. So that to me is what I want to focus on or how to start businesses yeah. because, you know, I didn't know how to start a business. I mean, I speak, it's so funny because I get asked to speak at UCLA Anderson mm. 
And I didn't go to business school. And I think that's one of the funniest things ever. And I get thrown all these questions. And I don't know, you know, a lot of things. The one thing I'm not good at is finance. Mm -hmm. So I surround myself with people who are. And every time I get thrown questions and I'm like, can't answer that one. But in the beginning, I used to be super embarrassed because I was like, you know, and that now I just realized that it's okay not to know everything. And that's also something that I really want to get across to people is it's okay not to be good at everything. And it's, you know, it's okay to stutter sometimes and it's okay to, you know, fall. You just pick yourself back up. Um, I like that you say that. I think that a lot of successful entrepreneurs have that sort of viewpoint, which is you don't need to be the best at everything. You just need to be good at hiring people Mm -hmm. who are good in their fields. And that's the sign, I feel like, of a really good entrepreneur because they know what their strengths are and they know who to surround themselves with to better enhance their business, their vision. And... um, and I think that's really a cool thing because, especially as women, I feel like we sometimes think we have to have, you know, all the degrees or all the qualifications or all the information before we start something. And Erica and I talk a lot about this on the podcast, which is like, even with the podcast, we didn't know what we were doing ish. You know, we never had like lofty goals to start a podcast. It was out of a desire based on a mutual conversation that kept kept coming up between us and out of a desire to share other people's stories in the health and wellness space because of our own personal stories in that space. And we just felt like it was important to share, but we didn't know about podcasting. And, and it was just learning through the process and falling and continuing to refine. We're still continuing to refine as we go, but not letting those things deter us along the way. Um, and I think women sometimes feel like they need to have it all before they start something. They have to have it like all in place mm-hmm. before they start something. You should be so proud of yourselves. I mean, I, that's how I felt like when I, when I was in music, I felt that, especially in corporate, mm-hmm. that everything had to be like, I couldn't answer a question unless I knew the answer perfectly. Yeah. And I, so I don't, I don't know if you know, but I have epilepsy mm-hmm. and I didn't find out until later in life. And I don't, I don't speak about it. I don't really speak about it ever. But when I'm tired or, you know, there are certain things that will, you know, I'll start to feel very low yeah. and I'll forget things. So it'll trigger it. And I'll, that's when I'll, my memory's really bad. So I'll lose words. Mm. And when, I, when I'm in a situation where I get stressed or not comfortable, I lose complete, like complete sentences. And my staff, can, they, they speak Lisa. They can fill in words. They understand me. But if I'm not comfortable, you know, people, it's so interesting to see how certain people react. Yeah. It's the most amazing thing. Like I had the other day, I, I was not comfortable and someone literally was like, uh, and I'm doing a hand movement right now, like hurry, like spit it out. And I was like, and it's some like they were in the studio and I wanted to be like, really? You know, 
but so it's just so interesting because going back to you know panels and stuff like that i want to teach people you know how to be inclusive of everyone yeah. because just that little you know gesture of someone getting annoyed with me not being able to get my words out it's not about you know epilepsy doesn't define me but i wanted for a second to say listen this is what i have but then i was like you know what i'm not i don't, I don't need to tell you anything and you can make fun of me all you want but do you, do you want you know completely what I'm and i think thank you again too for having the courage to share that on the podcast because I think it's so hard and it's so challenging because we were just talking about this earlier, actually, where everyone has so many like judgments or like they're bringing their own stuff and we respond to their stuff as opposed to just like really honoring where we're at. Right. So it's just interesting. Like you're this beautiful woman, you own this business. I'm sure someone looking at you would be like, oh, well, she's fine. She has everything together. Right. But there's so much more happening underneath the surface. And I think as a society, right, like creating these inclusive environments is like, and sharing courageous stories hopefully allows people to start realizing there's much more under the surface than whatever your perception is of someone else. Well, I always teach um, anyone who works with us that you never know what has gone on in anyone's life, no. no matter what they look like. And you cannot, so if they, you know, someone comes in and maybe they are a little snippy, mm -hmm. just smile because you don't know. Yeah. You do not know what has occurred five minutes before and you don't know what, how, you know, what their home life is like. So you always, you know, treat them with kindness, be kind. Mm -hmm. Because it can, your, your smile can change their world. Absolutely. And I just wish more people would, like, would understand that and be nice. Yeah. It's not that hard. Yeah, I think it's like the epidemic of our culture too right now. And I think that's why everything is so divisive and people are so angry and hateful. It's like no one wants to take the time to just be kind to one another. And I think that's something I've noticed, though, bringing it back to your studios is I think that's why fitness can be so intimidating, right? Mm -hmm. Like based on whatever your stuff is, how are you going to bring all that stuff into a studio and then risk getting judged or risk someone being snippy to you right or I, I don't it, it's so scary and I have like a whole weight loss journey that I experienced but I was 50 pounds heavier when I started exercising and I remember being so scared to go into like that first workout because I was like what's that gonna be like you know and I went with a friend and everything and it's all a whole story I've shared on the podcast many mm -hmm. many times but whenever I've come to MDR it's been a very positive experience, which I think is a testament to what you've created here and what you're working towards with making everyone feel included, which is really incredible. Thank you. Yeah, That's very important. <laughs> yeah. So can you talk a about a little bit, this is sort of like a fun aspect, but of this entrepreneurial journey, I feel like MDR has very specific branding you you know you drive by and you know it's one of your studios with the colors and the lights and um can you talk about a little bit about what your creative inspiration was for that well I love so we have hot pink ceilings <laughs> at every studio and I just think that hot pink 
I wanted everyone to feel sexy when they were working out while getting tortured. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, there are a lot of men that come take this workout. So if they can get past the hot pink, <laughs> but I just think, I just think pink makes every, like a hot pink, a deep hot pink, um, with a lot of neon, um, makes everyone happy. Yeah. I it's really, fun. yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's just smile. It, you you smile. Yeah. But I love that you know, like you you guys have been really successful. You know it's you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know you don't think, "Oh, like what studio is that?" <laughs> you know it's you. Like well, that. it's different. And I just I love I love design. Yeah. I love fashion. I love design. And at at one point I really wanted to open a clothing store, and then I ran numbers and I'm like, "That's not going to work." Yeah. Um and it was right around the recession. I'm like, nah. So this is this is kind of a mix of everything. Yeah. So you currently have three studios, right? Four. Four studios. Yeah. Okay. And um, there's maybe talk about some more in the future. <laughs> Absolutely. Can you share with us any of your, and it doesn't have to be specific if you don't know yet, but any of your sort of broader vision for what, what yeah, what your future will hold with Studio MDR? So... I definitely am, I'm, I'm definitely going to open some more. Um, I have to open, I would like to open in the South Bay, but I haven't found the right space yet. Um, I live in the South Bay. That's why I'm going to open there. Um, and I don't rush to open studios because uh, they have to be the right, the right space, the right fit. But I want to open several more because I love what it does for people, and that's what keeps me going. Mm. So I don't know if I can. I want to read something. Yeah, please. Um, I got a, a birthday card mm. from a client, and it's gonna make me cry. Mm. But it's gonna make me cry. But this is why I keep going. Mm. So, and it's. The, this is the emails. It's not about me. I want you to know, th this is my staff. This yeah. is what they do. So it says, happy 48th birthday, Lisa. God bless you with everything. I want to thank God for making me meet you on that day. Mm. <laughs> I, I, don't, I get so emotional. Thank you for opening my eyes to new stages of opportunity and strength. The day I met you was the day I felt relaxed. Your positive words motivated me a lot. I don't know where my life takes me, but you will always stay in my heart. You deserve a big thank you from me. When I thought I could, couldn't do it, you told me that I could. For that, I could never repay you. I love you so much. A very happy, enthusiastic, and blessed birthday to you. And then it goes on from there. Wow. So... That's what keeps me going. It's not about money or anything like that. It's that. Yeah. yeah. It's changing people's lives for the better. And I just think it's such a beautiful, incredible life. I'm so lucky to live. And that's why I celebrate every birthday. People are like, you can start lying about your age. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't yeah. want to lie about why? my age. We have one life, and we're so lucky to live it. 
You know, we can be anywhere else in the world and there's so much going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, I watched something on Syria the other day and I just started crying because I just want to take all those kids and take them home with me. I, I just think that when we're having a bad day, we need to all just take a second and stop and take a deep breath and remember how lucky we are no matter how bad it is. Because we have some bad, I know everyone, everyone has some bad things going on, but we're really lucky to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's that's such an important message and such an important reminder, especially right now, right, during the holidays. And I think it's when stress levels get so high, that's the first thing we forget is gratitude and appreciation. But true happiness comes from gratitude, from appreciation, from that deep breath and just remembering how fortunate we are. And I think your journey, I think, is really inspiring because it's so not linear, right? It's not like, oh, poof, I woke up and I'm going to open a fitness studio today. Or, you know, it's like, <laughs> poof. Yeah, it's how it's, you know, you really hustled and worked really hard. And this guiding mission, right, of helping others, of inclusivity, guided you to what your, like, true purpose was. And clearly people have responded and are continuing to respond. So I just wanted to ask, too, what, and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but what has your experience been as a woman in business, right? Even from going from the music industry to fitness, I'm sure you have so many experiences, but, you know, what has it been like being a female entrepreneur? I think in many ways, I think it's been an incredible, incredible experience because I've been lucky enough to meet so many other women in business. And I think, especially right now, I mean, we're we're so primed to do anything that we want. You can do anything once you put your mind to it. And if you fail, take that as a learning experience and don't get discouraged because I promise you, you will learn from that lesson. You might not know right away, but you will. Especially as a female, I think that there's so much opportunity for us right now. You know, you're such a strong and powerful, you know, female entrepreneur and you've created this incredible, successful business. And you talk so much, right, earlier about how even if someone walks into your studio and they have this attitude, um, you always tell your staff and yourself, like, we don't respond to that. Like, we respond from kindness and gratitude. Um, But that can be really challenging, right, beyond just in business, but just for so many of us, so many of our listeners, us included, when someone's coming at you, right, and you know, like, oh, how do you not? become reactive? How do you stay from that place? How did you cultivate that? Well, I think that it actually took me a while because I am a very emotional person. And I I do want to say that word emotional is not a bad word. Mm -hmm. And we, we were actually speaking about this earlier. And I'm going to get sidetracked a little bit, but I want to talk about this. Being emotional, I want people to understand people use that as almost like a curse word. And emotional is, I think that's a beautiful thing. When, and, I'll, and I want to give an example because we were chatting about this earlier. When I was in music, if 
if I wanted to like champion an artist and I would go in say to, you know, the president's office and I would say, you know, something great about an artist and I wanted to get something changed, then I was an emotional female. And I really couldn't understand that or, you know, I was being emotional. And I was, I never would understand like what was wrong with that? And why was I being emotional? I just wanted to get something done and show how much I cared about a project. And it always stuck in my mind, like, how come a, a man could sit there and scream about something and that was all right, that was cool. Here, now, I feel so, I, I think that it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to hug someone and cry. And I want people to know that they should be okay to let out their feelings. So it takes me a second, if someone is upset or if someone's very angry, I do have to take a very deep breath, especially also if it comes on an email form because I get a lot of emails. And I also have to take a step back and say, all right, I'm not going to respond right away because I used to respond to everything in two seconds and I would be glued to my email. And then I realized, you know what? That's not good because then I'm coming from a very emotional place. And yes, it is good to be emotional, but not all the time when you're responding yeah. on an email. Right. So what I do now is I wait. I don't respond right away if it's not in person. And I give it a good hour or two, depending on the, I might wait a day, and then I respond. And I read it over and over again just to make sure, depending on the severity of the right. situation. If it's in person, and, the, and then I smile. Like I always respond with a smile, and it's not fake. I just, you have to think about, you know, who's coming at you? And I, I always try to take a very deep breath before I respond to someone. And when I get nervous, I laugh. So I try very hard, A, not to laugh so I don't get punched in the face. <laughs> but, and I'm not laughing now out of being nervous. But, I mean, in all seriousness, I just feel that Again, and I, I know I, I sound, I might sound like woo-woo or whatever. We've, there's so much going on that someone should not be getting so upset over, you know, they, there's, uh, here it is. There's a way to work out, I think, pr pretty much everything with a conversation. Yes. The only time, like, I'm not a brain surgeon, so I'm not doing brain surgery. And the only thing that I feel that I can't fix is if someone, God forbid, is very sick. A conversation, though, can be had about anything. So just either pick up the phone and call or have that conversation in person. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I'm the first to apologize if I did something wrong. Right. And I will say, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And I... I mean, hopefully the person will accept it. Yeah, yeah I think that's, I mean, th there's a few really good key pieces of 
advice in there. And it's just the idea of it's okay to be emotional because you care, but doesn't let it, you don't let it get into a reactive Mm -hmm. place. And that's, that's the difference. It's like, so then you're actually taking action versus reaction. Exactly. But it can still be from an emotional, like, place in the sense that you feel things deeply and I think that's a beautiful balance and clearly you know your work speaks for itself too which I think is is really cool so um people see that I think in general you know people's work speaks for themselves for itself so um you're clearly doing something right because you're getting you know you're getting clients that are writing you cards about how you're changing their life and how your team is changing their life and that means you're cultivating an environment that's helping other people. So um, this just it's great, and it's something that I think we can apply to all different, any women or anyone can apply to sort of entrepreneurial ventures. It also reminds me of something. I was reading about this, I feel like earlier this month, though, where it's like you could get like 800 compliments, but then one person says something negative, and that's all. You'll keep and mm-hmm. think and stay with your heart. And I, I think about that cause it's so true and I'm sure running a business and even with our podcast and everything, it's like you care so much. So it's like that one person who might not have responded well or been upset or for whatever reason, right. Um, it can just stay with you for so long, but I think it's just an important reminder to be like, but then there's all these other people who are so happy, who are being so impacted. And I think we have to just remember that that matters more than, you know, not that that one person who's upset doesn't matter, but I think as women, we care so much. We're such like caring, compassionate people that it's like, we want everyone to have this happy, beautiful experience, but it doesn't define us by any means. It's, it's, it's so true. And that, but I agree with you and that one, the one person, and it's so hard to, it's taken me a very long time and it still happens. I mean, that one person who may not have the experience, they don't see it through what you, you you know, your eyes and they might write, you know, not the best review and you, like, it takes me a minute to say, I have to take a step back and say, okay, so why didn't they have the experience that you want them to have? I always solicit for feedback. And I speak in, in most of the intro classes, and I always say, I want to know the good, the bad, the ugly, because it's the only way that these studios can grow. And I'm like, hopefully there's no bad and ugly, but, yeah. you know, yeah. I want to know. Yeah. And I want them to be honest, because I would rather know if there's an issue or know if they have a suggestion so I can help, you know, change it. On a daily basis, you know, you're a busy entrepreneur running these studios. You've had quite the journey. Do you have any self-care tools in your kit or practices that you do on a daily basis to make sure that you're sort of in the right mindset to to handle all that you have to handle? Um, I do, which I didn't for a long time, so I'm, I'm proud of myself that I'm getting there. <laughs> um, so I get up in the morning, and instead of reaching for my phone, I don't have it by my bed anymore, which is something I'm very proud of. Yes. Though I still wake up at my eyes fly open at 4.30 in the morning, which is a little insane, but I do try to close them again. It doesn't <laughs> work. Um, 
working out for me is is very important. I I will do my workout three times a week, the Studio MDR, and I go to my friend Alba's class at SoulCycle two times a week, early in the morning, because I think it's it's not about the workout itself, it's about the community, and I feel really good going there. And when I'm done, but I just, it makes my mind, that's where I get my best thinking done. And in here, in, in the studio, is also, it's like a moving meditation. And it's really, really important that three times a week, that's the time when I'm away from everything else. And I can't pick up the phone, I can't look at my computer, and I can just drop in and just be. Yeah. And I think that's, to me, very, very important. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, I think fitness is such a really important part of self-care. What time do you go to sleep that you're waking up at 4.30? Are you like, do you go to bed early? I'm just so curious. <laughs> so I, it depends on the day. Yeah. There are times when I'm so tired that I'll fall asleep, you know, at 10 o'clock. And then there are some days that I'll fall asleep at 12 o'clock. Yeah. It really, d every day is different. But your body is like programmed for that. For. That's Literally. amazing, actually. I would love to wake. I, I love, I wake up at like 6, 6.30, but sometimes I'm like, if I could just get that extra 30 minutes, it would actually change so much. That's something I'm working on. And that's why I, I admire that. <laughs> on Sundays, I stay in bed. I force myself to, and then we, my husband and I have this whole, like we watch the news and I love it. A nice Sunday ritual. So what we always ask our guests when we wrap up is um, along your journey, is there any book that has been particularly inspiring to you or um, one that you would want to recommend? Okay. Well, I can't just do one. Okay. <laughs> um, well, number one is The Alchemist. Number two is The Power of Now. And then anything by Joan Didion. So, Beautiful. I mean, I just, I love her. Love. Great, great recommendations. So for anybody who wants to try um, the Studio MDR, where can they find you? Where can they find your studios? Um, the studiomdr.com. And MDR is for Marina Del Rey. That was our first studio. <laughs> I love that. I remember when I first started coming, I was like, what does MDR mean? And then I was like, oh, duh, Marina Del Rey. <laughs> So I'm glad. Thank you for explaining that. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah, you're amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch through our website, www.courageouswellnesspodcast.com. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.